Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills From Afar podcast. You're with me, Tim Roger, my co-host Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well. Um, off to the States tomorrow. So today's Sunday the 12th of June. Um, I'm going to spend what, about eight, nine days in the US. So I shall be traipsing around America in my much uh, much Bills gear as I can, see what kind of reactions I get. Got to go to Boston for a few days. That's always fun to go through uh Go through the airport at Boston with uh, with Bill's gear. See if I get any abuse or uh, any support. <laughs> so I'm always looking forward to that. And we've got a uh, good fun guest coming on today, haven't we? Yeah, we do. So we've got um, Andy, who's more commonly known as Bill's Air on Twitter. He's a pretty popular uh, Bill's Mafia Twitter account uh, from overseas. So we're good friends with him, and uh, it's the first chance we've got to speak to him on this podcast. So yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, he's a really good guy, um, knowledgeable. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm so this is the first one we've done in a little while as well. Yeah. So it'll be good to get back into having some guests on and talking Bills football. Yeah, Andy's actually for a, for a long time was the only. Bill's fan on the side Atlantic that I actually had met. Uh, we, we ran into each other uh, in Manchester um, and uh, he was with his, with his gear on. He was over for a concert. I was there for a football match. And uh, yeah, we actually managed to chat and meet up. And uh, as you say, he's been a, a good friend of ours for, good, for a good while now. So uh, yeah, excited to have him on. He, for those of you that um, don't know, you probably recognize the Irish flag Buffalo logo um, that he has on his uh, Twitter profile. I think, though, he failed to trademark that because I've seen a few um, duplicate um, logos going around on uh, Twitter. <laughs> so I think he failed to put a patent or trademark or whatever you need to do to ensure that uh, it's can kept you, one of a kind. Can you trademark a logo that you've ripped off from a professional football team? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Probably a Peculiars would have something to say about that yeah, one. Yeah, probably. Uh, that's the noise about that one. Good stuff. Okay, so uh, here's the interview with Andy. So welcome back, and we're joined by Andy, aka Bill Zare from Twitter. Andy, how you doing? Charlie, how are you? I'm, I'm all good. Good, good stuff. So we'll get straight into the questions then. So just tell us where you're from and a little bit about your background and how you became a Bills fan. Oh God, so, so I could be here a while. Uh, so my name is Andy. I am from Ireland. Uh, as opposed to some people, as you said about Twitter, I have a handle Bill's Era. I've had a few... Uh, miscommunications with people who thought that was Bill's Erie, so they thought I was from <laughs> Cleveland or one of the Great Lakes or whatever, uh, and they're probably confused by the, the green, white, and orange on, on the profile. But uh, yeah, Bill's Era, you know, I've Bill's fan since uh, 2013, I think. The first ever game I ever watched was a Super Bowl in 2008, so the 2007 Patriots, so the helmet catch, all that stuff. So that was the very first game I ever watched, and I was kind of looking back on it, it was probably a bit of faith that like. So the, the perfect Patriots lose in such a class way. Um, <laughs> and then for a few years after that, I was just kind of watching Super Bowls and then watching playoffs, got really into it around 2011. Um, for a few years, I was kind of like, you know that gif you see on Twitter of Rob Lowe? He's just got the NFL hat and he's clapping. That was literally what I was. I'd come home maybe from the <laughs> pub or just whatever I was watching. And I would, uh, whatever Sky was, were showing, I would watch and that would be it. Um, and then just decided I needed a team. And again, maybe people would assume that it was because of you look back on Kelly and Irish name, Jim Kelly and stuff and think, oh, there's a connection there. It was really a lot more calculated than that. I looked at all the teams. I didn't want, made out some kind of criteria, didn't want anyone who was too good at the time. So like, like any of the kind of the bigger teams, the, obviously the Patriots, the 
Packers, all that sort of stuff. Um, didn't want anyone who was in too big a city. And then I wanted someone who's like who's at the bottom, but maybe could be on the way up. So I looked at records and close games and all that sort of stuff. So in the previous year, the Bills had lost, I think it was like four or five one-score games. And I was like, okay, they might be better next year and the year after that and all that. Completely misunderstanding football altogether that it was very much a, <laughs> a year-to-year league and all that sort of stuff. Next, the next year was... Doug Marone's for last season, I didn't pay too much attention. So they were rarely on Sky, but I kind of followed them and saw the results and stuff. And then obviously you've got the two-year shit show of Rex Ryan. And <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's gone, it's gone on from strength to strength. You know, like we've been the past few years and the Bills are kind of one constant that's come through from moving to Dublin, moving home, moving here, there and everywhere. Bills and, and my missus are the one constant we have. So it sounds like a pretty similar strategy to how Pierre, who we had on uh, last off-season, who you're friends with as well, um, he had a spreadsheet, a proper spreadsheet, put all 32 teams down, you know, various criteria, and he came with the Bills. So it's, it sounds like, yeah, very, very calculated, very selected on the Bills. Um, so what was the biggest thing about the Bills? Like, what was the biggest factor in choosing them? Like, was it the small market? Was it just for crazy fans? Like, what was it? You see, like, I, I only watched Football Sundays, so I didn't pay any attention. I didn't have a Twitter account that was dedicated to football. All that sort of stuff. So I didn't even know about Bill's Mafia. I didn't know about the crazy fans. Maybe towards the end, as I was making my decision, it became a thing. But it was never, like, and it wasn't as calculated. Like, it was just stick a pin in maybe two or three different things that I had and pick the Bills. And not only based on the results that have started to come and signing Josh Allen and everything like that, but, like, just the people you've met I've met on, on Twitter online in person sometimes um, like it's just been a great decision compared to like could have been the Jets man like <laughs> yeah lucky escape pretty much worse like <laughs> so tell us about that because um, you, you you told us the story didn't you uh, in our group chat but like how close was it to you being a Jets fan the first season I watched more than the Super Bowl was 2011 so that was like Tim Tebow, Tebow time, um, incredible like comebacks, incredible just a bit like Josh Allen in his early years where he might not be good, but he's going to be good fun to watch. Um, so when he left the Broncos, like again in my complete naivety, I was like, why would anyone let this guy go? He's incredible. He's brilliant. Um, you're never going to lose with him. And then he went to the Jets and they had a weird system. They tried to bring him in and do a, a two QB setup with uh, Mark Sanchez. And I, if, if, I think Rex Ryan was a coach then as well. And my thoughts were like, if he gets the starter's job here and plays most of the snaps, I'll, be, I'll probably follow him and be a Jets fan or whatever else. And luckily, Rex Ryan fucked him about, tried him on special teams, tried him everywhere else. Uh, and yeah, it's it just turned out that Rex Ryan then came along and ruined two years of my life later on rather than the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, great stuff. So we know um, from speaking to you before, Andy, that uh, you've been a Buffalo. Like, uh, what was the most memorable part of the trip, and what game or games did you watch? Yeah, so we 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 made a flying visit myself and, my, and the missus. We went to New York City and then uh, flew up for one night, basically in on Thursday, out on Friday for the home opener in 2016. So again against the Jets, again against Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, who absolutely torched the Bills and we lost, we lost the final score was probably a bit closer it was like 37-30 but it was a last minute t- touchdown that got them back to 30 points or winning, yeah. winning a score um, but like Matt Forte scored I think two touchdowns 
Um, so yeah, I watched the Thursday night football game in 2016, flew in, had some beers. Like again, I think I had set up the Twitter account, but only maybe a couple of months beforehand. Didn't know many people, had some very small conversations with people. Like we were in and out so quickly that I only, the only place I got wings was in the airport. And in oh, fairness, wow. they're better, better than any wings I've ever had <laughs> elsewhere. Uh, but still just kind of the airport one. So I'm looking forward to going back at some stage and having the full Buffalo experience. But uh, yeah, that wasn't like, I think we've all been there. Maybe Charlie, you definitely were, was, were at the, the London game in 2015. Yep. So th- those are my two only games. So maybe... I shouldn't go. Ever yeah, you're again. the jinx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that London game comes up a lot when you know when we're talking to people. I think a good chunk of people that we know um, here on this side of the Atlantic went to that game, and of course, it's all seared into our soul. That sort of absolute shit show of a first half and all those interceptions, and yeah, you know, me, 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 you know, being genuinely embarrassed by what I was watching in this team that I've loved for so long. It was a, it was a shocker. Um, so you mentioned uh, Fitzpatrick there for a second. I mean, what about Bills players? Do you have a sort of favorite Bills player? Are you a are you a jersey buyer? Do you have a sort of particular favorite jersey? I'm not a, a jersey buyer too much. I think I have three, and like Still it's not a good three. Oh, go on. Three. All right, who's the three? <laughs> the first one, and again, this kind of goes back to like picking the Bills, and like you guys know, like picking the underdog and whatever else. So I like having something that's different to other people and when we were going over in 20 no it was for it was actually it was it might have been for the london game anyways i don't know what it was but i brought over you know, i don't think if I, if I gave you a thousand guests i don't think you guess it was charles clay number 85 oh, and yeah. just again like he'd probably been there a couple of years at that stage maybe one year and i thought guys are about to break out and I, I i have a very different attitude i think people on this side of the atlantic have a different attitude towards jerseys in in, in general like in America, if a player leaves, they want the name off it. They want to, they want to take, take it off altogether. Whereas I kind of wear it with a, as a badge of pride. Maybe not the clay one, but like the Hauschka one. I'm big, always a big fan of Hauschka. Oh, yeah. That's uh, a good one. yeah. And, and, a, and a tie rod one as well. So yeah, those, ah, are, my, cool. those are my three. Very nice. And do you have a favorite Bills player out of uh, your time being a fan? I mean, like, even someone like yourself, Charlie, who's been a fan for so long, it has to be Josh Allen nearly, doesn't it? Like, he's so, he, like, even at the very start, if you if you hadn't developed into the unbelievable player we see today, yeah, he was always going to be fun. Like his first couple of games, he had the incredible leap over Anthony Barr or whatever in, yeah. in, in Minnesota. Like he's just yeah. always so much fun to watch. He's, he's uh, definitely the best player that the Bills have had in my time. Um, yeah. I mean, I, going back to when I first started, Thurman Thomas was you know really dynamic presence, and I love watching Thurman Thomas. But I don't think anyone can compare to the ability that Josh Allen has. It's just, it's just an insane level of talent and a really entertaining guy to watch. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Like, 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 yeah, you pick, you pick up the kind of mid-level roster guys, bottom of the roster guys. Like, the, I think we all had some small hope for someone like Robert Foster or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. at the very beginning, and I think, I think what he did for Josh Allen was pretty cool in that instead of bringing in, it showed Brandon Bean that instead of bringing in like big guys, Calvin Benjamin, all that sort of guys with big catch radiuses. If you can get guys who just get open, and are fast, that's yeah. a, that's a bigger area that you can get Josh to put the ball in rather than a few centimeters of an arm, you know. Absolutely, and he was quick. He was really quick. I, I agree really with, with you. Yeah. I uh, honestly thought he was going to be a starting Bills receiver for quite some time. Um, so you talked about some of those sort of more negative memories. What about do you have a favorite memory of watching the Bills over the years? Yeah, it's certainly not going to the games. Uh, the game, well, the games that I saw anyway. Uh, it kind of has to be like everything is slanted towards recently because of the 
um, success. Obviously, you've got the breaking the drought, and that was incredible. But the biggest individual moment was has to be Taron Johnson's um, interception oh, yeah. for the against the Ravens. Like, I've got a kid now, so I couldn't do this now. But I was in my sitting room, my living room in the in the house, and I'd say within two miles you'd have heard me. Like it was absolutely incredible. Middle of the night over here, you guys remember? Yeah. Um, and just not only to be, to have an interception at a crucial part of the game. To then like basically end the game with the with the, with the pick six was incredible. I was actually I think kind of emotional after that. You know, I thought yeah. finally, finally, this is actually a really good team, and I was so proud of what they'd done in that game. It was just astonishing. I was saying my kids asleep upstairs, and I remember like yelling silently, running around my living room, <laughs> sort of pumping my fists, and it was just yeah. one of those just moments that just just blows the doors off. It really was. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those. A little bit like that sort of Micah Hyde interception where you just go, wow, you know, like last mm. season, you just go, this, this isn't, this is insane. And that was, uh, that was definitely one of those. And also if it gone the other way, you know, if he hadn't picked it off and it'd been a touchdown then that uh, changes that game, doesn't it? So it was, uh, it was oh, a huge, huge yeah. moment, huge, huge moment. Um, so you talked about a little bit about Josh Allen. I mean, um, did you, were you always, you know, it was obviously your favorite player on the, on the roster, I guess at the moment, but were you always, convinced by josh even in the early days i mean we obviously saw those flashes but we also saw some wild stuff were you one of those people that thought yeah maybe but we've got to see it or or you you know nailed on from day one definitely not nailed on from day one i remember like a little bit now like i got i got my draft text from people like yourselves but even more so back then it was like you believed what you read you believed what you heard um you kind of figured out who you trusted and all that sort of stuff and you kind of went with their opinions again not pushing them as my own or anything like that. I would never, I wouldn't, wouldn't be arsed to put in terms of like just thinking, oh, I don't want Josh Allen because the X, Y, and Z don't want him or think he's too big a projection. Uh, and that sort of projection has never worked out before or whatever. So certainly not um, on board from the start. Obviously, as soon as he was picked, you're like, cool, Josh Allen. Can't wait to see him become Bill. I remember, remember waiting up to watch his first preseason game. Uh, and then obviously he takes over in, in week one. And what, while I didn't, while you're watching him at the beginning, you're kind of thinking he's, he may not be incredible. He may never become the player that we actually saw him become, but he was always going to be fun. I think that if you search, research my tweets, or go back and search my tweets from that time, that's what I was saying. It was like, for a long time to come, or for the length of his contract, length of his time as a build, builds are going to be fun to watch. It might not yeah. be always be good, but it was always going to be fun because of, like you just see his like like I said the, the Vikings play, but even players recently where he's he's leaping players, he's he's running for the fourth downs, he's doing this and that. He's just like I, Absolutely I, I don't I don't I don't think there's a player like him, you know. No, I completely agree. I think if anyone, like if you go back to 2018 when they drafted him, I think if anyone on Twitter was clambering and saying, you know, this is going to be, you know, one of the top three quarterbacks in NFL and, you know, he's going to get to these levels, you know. I really don't believe that. Like, you, you know, there's some people that try and, you know, jump on bandwagons early and say this stuff. But those people that put those opinions out there, I can't think they truly believed that Josh Allen was yeah. going to get to this level. You know, you, you couldn't have. Yes, maybe towards the end of 2018, you could, as you said, like see the glimpses and everything. But no way did I think it was even possible, even by, you know, end of 2019 season, you know, 2020 was a complete, you know, um, ascension. No one expected him to hit that level. I was hoping for a top 16 quarterback, you know, just someone yeah. who's better than average, really. And yeah. if, if that's what we got, I would have been happy. 
um i think you could identify the talent but you couldn't guarantee the progress you you couldn't yeah nobody knew that this guy obviously other than maybe brandon bean would work his backside off every off season to improve every minute in his game and and show the character that we've seen time and time again you just it, it, that's one thing to see that in college it's another thing to see it develop in the nfl so yeah, i agree with you tim completely It'd be interesting to see Brandon Ball, uh, Bean's like scouting report to see where they, you know, what they thought the ceiling was when they drafted him. Clearly, with the physical tools and everything, you know, he's he's shown it. You know, he's capable of playing at these levels. But really, did they really expect that to happen? Like even when they drafted him, I don't think so. I think he's gone beyond the expectations that even Brandon Bean had when they drafted him. So uh, yeah, so. Talking um, about the rest of the roster then, is there another player that you really like but you feel is underappreciated by the Bills Mafia? I, I, I think the Bills Mafia, maybe it's just it's every fan base, but because we're obviously in Bills Mafia and whatever else, we, yeah. the Bills Mafia on Twitter at least do a good job of hyping up guys who are at the bottom of the roster and all that stuff. So in terms of being underrated, like I don't think you can underrated people I'm probably going to say here but like people like Hyde Knox even like yeah. Knox is going to get the absolute bag next year if he uh, comes close to doing what he did this year um, like I, I think Micah Hyde is appreciated by the league isn't he um, yeah, you know, yeah. The, the league doesn't recognise Hyde but we who watch him every week and we cast it's just absolutely incredible yeah it's, it's it's insane just what he does and like it, it started the turn similar to Josh Allen I suppose it's were in the like, end of 2019 early 2020 Um to get an interception like the one in Mac Jones kind of just kind of had a, a national spotlight on him, you know. So it was a, yeah. it was incredible for for that for that to happen. Um, but like I, I just like I said, I think Bill's Mafia do a really good job of hyping up people. Um, big fan of Bass. I think he's I think he's unbelievable as a, as a kicker. I think he'll be around for a long time and probably get as as, as paid as anything else. Uh, and I don't know. I, I just Town Johnson. Do like, you don't really hear Bill's Mafia talk about Town Johnson, but. I've, I think we all consider him, like we all think that he's a valuable piece to this defence, but no one really talks about Tyron Johnson. No. Would you guys agree? I don't yeah, really I mean, see, other than the, yeah, that, yeah, that interception like against the Ravens always comes up, but outside of that, you don't really hear of him. And you, th- you kind of think, like, I'm not an ex and old guy, I, I always kind of come at, at the Bills from a point of view of just enjoying it on Sundays and, and, and just being a fan and not d- diving too much into it. Well, like you look at kind of teams like, say Kansas City, like they've obviously for the past few years have had incredible variety with um, Kelsey and, and uh, Hill. Now with Hill gone, Tyron Johnson's kind of skill set comes into the more um, focus because you've got one less elite receiver to, to, to manage, you know, and with, with, with that speed, it's unmanageable. You're taking like a player to two to, to try and take him, you know? Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Pity we so, twice, but still. Yeah, sure. So you followed the Bills for around a decade now. So obviously in the first half of that decade, uh, between like 2012 and 2017, before Sean McDermott, um, clearly we had a lot of disappointing se- seasons after under Marone and uh, Rex Ryan. Um, is there one of the players um, like during that, that time that you had high hopes for that turned out to be a flop? I suppose there's many candidates for this, but is there one that you had really high hopes for and they just turned out to be trash? I don't know if there's anyone I had really high hopes for because again I kind of I let things play out or whatever else but yeah you know when you look at teams like the Cowboys and they take Prescott and he turns out to be unbelievable teams that take um, Seahawks that took uh, Wilson in the third round turns out to be unbelievable in 
Sean McDermott's first draft, so the one before Brandon Bean came, became uh, the, the, the GM, they took a quarterback. I'm not sure if you remember his name, do you? Uh, it was Nathan Peterman. And he, there was videos of, like, I don't even usually seek out these kind of things, but there was videos of John Gruden having him doing trick shots and be, having him yep. in the QB camp. And then there was loads of these things. I was like, Gruden loved him, didn't he? he this could him. be, he, like he was on his staff, on his team. Like the first thing that the, the rest of the staff did as soon as Gruden left was cut Peterman. <laughs> so like there was something going on there. But uh, like, I, I just se- so- seeked out um, highlight clips and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, this guy could be a hidden gem. And then obviously, what happened happened, uh, and there's never been a, a lower cr- a lower moment of, of just crushing. Oh, the, oh no, he's he's terrible. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, that was that was that was someone that that was picked. Like I suppose when you take any quarterback, except maybe when for being for some reason took Jake Fromm, where you kind of think, oh, this guy has like who knows what could happen with this guy. One of my more recent ones was, was Zay Jones. Zay Jones. I honestly thought yeah. he would he would be a real talent and maybe a number one receiver. And how wrong I was, and he just he, he never it never worked. Right? It wasn't like he was even close. <laughs> it just never clicked with him at all. He's gone. got paid now, though. So fair play. Yeah, well, I was going to say maybe it was for situation the right and <laughs> at the time. You know, if he came into this team with this, you know, roster and uh, you know the O line and you know all the things these things built up, maybe he would have had a chance, you know, maybe it's like a, he isn't the same skill set of Gabe Davis, but you look at them, you know, their situations, maybe um, he would have been better in this system and with these players around him. So who knows, who knows what would have happened, but no, they're good choices. So it is, it is incredible just like, as an aside, and it gets talked about a lot, but just the, fa- the over five years, six years for McDermott, maybe five years. And um, that. He has turned it into really into a place where people can come and, and be their best versions of themselves. Yeah. And it's such a, a cliche to get obviously not 90 players doing that, but getting 50 players a year every year to, to become that for them and liking to be wanting to be there. Levi Wallace taking a, a cheap deal for, for one year to come back and win a Super Bowl and liking being here. Obviously, he's gone now, but other players have done the same. Not many places can engender that sort of. Uh, loyalty from players in this yeah league. Matt Milano being a recent example wasn't it he mm. took a yeah, pretty team friendly deal has to be said mm. yeah yeah so um, what are your expectations for this upcoming season is it Super Bowl or bust from your perspective Tim I am an Irish Bills fan if if you <laughs> cut, if you cut me I bleed pessimism <laughs> uh, so as yes, like I, I well, first of all, Super Bowl or bust. I, I just don't think you can get into that mindset because if you do, seventeen weeks of your of your life are just wasted. You're looking at the games and you don't give a shit. I always, one of the reasons actually I became a Bills fan and come back to that question is I wanted to support a team who were not like the Patriots, whereby you could you could not watch seventeen games in the season, turn it on the TV in January, and it, it, it they were there anyway. It didn't matter. Um. So obviously this year you'd hope that the regular season doesn't matter and we get to the playoffs and it's great. Um, but in terms of expectations, uh, I, it, you expect them to be there thereabouts. I have some concerns, um, but I can't get into the mindset of Super Bowl or bust because you want to watch every game on Sunday yeah. thinking um, this is important and like if you want the one seed, it is like it's, it's totally yeah. changed. Tim and I have talked about that quite a bit. You know, if you want to be a, a Bills fan, you want to watch every game and 
and care about every game. Mm. Um, and if you only enjoy the years when you win a Super Bowl, then you're going to be pretty freaking miserable if you're a Bills fan, you know, for your entire life. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I will happily watch us destroy the Falcons or, you know, the Jets or some other, you know, bottom of the barrel team, you know, not with the same joy as, as obviously beating KC, but but I, I genuinely enjoy it. <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. if it's a complete beatdown. I enjoy watching the Bills play good football and um, playing entertaining football, and that's what you've got to take out of it. So you say, you say you've got some concerns. What's the biggest fear you have that could sort of derail us this season? I mean, the obvious one, obviously, is like a Josh Allen injury, but is there anything else that you sort of see this as a, as a risk or a, you know Achilles heel of this team that people aren't talking about? So this is something I've had in my mind for a good while, most of the offseason. Uh, I heard Joe Bataglia, apologies, I've definitely got that wrong, uh, Joe B talking about this on, on the Athletic Podcast recently, um, and I'm glad it, it has been brought up. As, and I think you mentioned last time in, in your last episode about um, Ken Dorsey. It's not so much Ken Dorsey's play calling ability for me. It's the fact that he is... So go, go back to last year. There was a definite tension between labels wants the version of the offense and the version of the offense and you could see that in the post-match conferences with uh, the way McDermott talked about wanting to be a two-dimensional offense or two-dimensional team or whatever and wanting to put the ball in Josh Allen's hands for the most part my concern isn't that Dorsey isn't a good play caller my concern is that as a first year play caller offensive coordinator how strong can he be early so we don't go to yeah a, 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 not a run only obviously that's not going to happen but don't we don't become a, a 50-50 offense and like yeah. in, you've seen McDermott like he, he obviously recently we've gone back we've seen him be more aggressive and more aggressive but like go back to the 2020 AFC Championship game he totally and utterly turtled up and when the, when you the pressure hits, happen, you know? we see mistakes, don't we? Mm. Um, and I think there's this fear that McDermott in his DNA is still quite a conservative coach. And, um, you know, it was the same in the uh, the uh, divisional round this last year where, you know, they went really, really deep as soon as KC got the ball, as opposed to being aggressive as they had been the whole game. You know, is um, that's my fear as well. Uh, is Does he just have that? bit too much influence over Dorsey. I mean, the good news is that Dorsey's been around these these people mm. for a long time. He's been around Dable. He will have heard the kind of disagreements and things. And you've got to yeah. hope that a smart man like Dorsey can kind of plot a path. But yeah, I, I think it's a genuine concern. And it'll be interesting over those first four weeks what we see. You know, do we see that sort of more balanced offense? Do we see more 22 personnel? What, what do we see? Um, because nobody knows what, what Dorsey's going to pull out the bag. And that's for sure. I think the only positive I take from what you guys are talking about there is you've also got a factor in Josh Allen with that. So clearly Josh Allen, you know, he recommended, he wanted Dorsey to be the offensive coordinator. And I'm thinking because he's our franchise quarterback, he's got the big, big, big contract now, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. You know, you see the situation, and I'm not saying it's going to get like this with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and the amount of influence that, Rogers seems or sometimes not seems to have I just think that maybe you know Bean and the front office will be a little bit more open than they are and actually listen to what Josh has got to say and it seems like based on the players that they've brought in it is kind of guys that Josh has wanted so I'd like to think that Josh being in that equation will hopefully you know so because I don't know about you guys I'd say that Alan is like the 
biggest person in the Bills organization, you know, even above McDermott and possibly even above Bean, you know, him being there. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a successful franchise. Um, and you could argue that Bean, you know, going and McDermott going, which isn't going to happen, is on a contract for six years or so. But, you know, it, he's like the main focal point, isn't it? So I feel like just because, you know, he's there, I'm hopeful that hopefully some of that stuff will, you know, not be quite as bad as we are concerning ourselves about this season and in the future seasons. Yeah, well. I've got kind of two takes on that. I think, firstly, I think Josh is very much a company man. And I think he mostly does what he's asked to do. Having said that, the Bills have been at their best when Josh is allowed to be Josh. Yeah. And um, I'm hopeful that what we can say about McDermott is he does learn and he does learn from his mistakes. And over the years, we've seen him get better. Um, but I think it's a really valid concern and I'm, I'm fascinated to see how it, how it plays out. So let's, let's sort of um, uh, cast the, our eyes forward a little bit, Andy. And, you know, let's, I think we all believe this, this team has a Super Bowl in it, whether it's this year or next year or whenever, but certainly, you know, even your Irish pessimism uh, has to believe that this team is <laughs> capable of winning a Super Bowl. So let's imagine let, you know, we have 10 years maybe of, of, say, fit Josh Allen. The over-under is line for Bill Super Bowls is one and a half. You're a gambling man. I know you're a gambling man. That's how you and I got to know each other. We're talking about bets on, on Bill's games. Do you take that? What Do you take the over? Uh, do you take the under? One and a half over the next 10 years. In this hypothetical bet, and in general, like life is too short to take the under. So 100%. Like, <laughs> <laughs> even, bet for you what you want to happen. Incredible, yeah, yeah. But even in an incredible AFC, like, like you've got some great, great teams in there. It's... You're going to have teams who have a, a, maybe a bigger chance than the, than the Bills to win the Super Bowl in any given year. Yeah. But with Josh Allen and with a stable um, like team around him and, and roster and like front office, everything like that, you got to imagine, and this is the great thing about having a franchise quarterback, is that you're, you've got to, like, you start in September with a chance. Yeah. No matter what happens from there on in, you've got, you've got a chance. So if you ask me to, do, to take two out of ten, I'll take two out of ten. <laughs> I'd certainly take that for sure. All right. Um, one final question from me. I want one big, bold Bills take for the year 2022. Um, what is it that you uh, you have on your mind that uh, perhaps other people aren't talking about? What's your big take? Oh, God. Now you're putting the pressure on. Let's go with even a little bit of micro ones and not the, the, the Bills performance or anything like that. But... I really want James Cook to go well. So let's go with James Cook, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and I'm, I'm absolutely with you on that. And actually, just come back to our previous point about, you know, what kind of shape offense do we see? We, I'm fine, absolutely fine with some shorter, deep drop, uh, shorter drop-down passes to James Cook and giving him some space and getting this offensive line running at them. Uh, this more mobile offensive line. I think that'd be really exciting. You know, going back to my early days, that's sort of stuff I used to see with Norman Thomas. I think a pass catching running back who's dynamic and uh, attacking space can really change the, the 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 nature of an offense and can be thrilling to watch. So I'm all about that. Uh, it doesn't all have to be Josh Allen, you know, 40, 50 yard bombs. So yeah, I, I like that take a lot. It feels like out of all the rookies, he, like everyone's most excited about James Cook, aren't they? And just what he can bring to this offense. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think everyone's looking forward to seeing him play. Fantastic. Well, thanks ever so much, Andy. It's been great having you on. Always a pleasure, guys. Always a pleasure. Me, myself and Charlie, I don't know if you noticed him. Myself and Charlie, you're sure you're the same. Myself and Charlie go back far enough that I knew him when he was Charlie underscore sport. Or Charlie underscore MCFC rather than Charlie underscore sport. <laughs> so, so he, he's changed since I've known him. 
I, uh, we, I was actually saying on the intro that uh, that's how you and I met was at a, uh, in Manchester uh, way back. Um, I got a, yeah. a random message from a friend of mine who happens to know I was a Bills fan in the stadium and said, I've just seen this guy in a Bills jacket. And I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't too many of us in that there. No, exactly. Very rare, rare find. Fantastic. Well, there's loads really now, isn't there? There is loads of Irish Bills fans now. And it seems like uh, in, in recent months, you know, we've seen a few more emerge, you know. Um, it's a few bands. Like, there's, there's, there's myself and Daryl, and there's a few others. Like, I mean, I, I think I think we've I've interacted with about fifteen or sixteen over the course of, of the Twitter account. Um, we could play a, a, a seven aside, and we'd have a couple of subs, and that'd be great. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to get you over to London to the Fitzroy Bell one time, and uh, yeah, you can uh, meet up with a few of the uh, the ones based on the, this side of the Irish Sea. Yeah, and looking forward to it. Like I, you've, you've talked, you've talked about it yourselves with the the weird start of the season. Like you got Thursday, then Monday, and then shoot the, the first Sunday night game. I am actually back or Sunday afternoon game. I am back from a stag that day, so that's not going to be a normal Sunday night, <laughs> Sunday day watching. Um, and then the next day maybe whatever. But I'll try. I'm gonna, I think I've provisionally booked in to get over there for week five. So if anyone is about, it'd be great to, to meet you. Can't wait for it. Thanks ever so Good much, stuff. Andy. Yeah, thanks for your time, Andy. Always a pleasure, lads. Well, that was great to talk to uh, to Bill's heir, otherwise known as Andy, and uh, hear the uh, another Irish perspective on uh, on Bill's mafia and uh, and the Buffalo Bills. Um, we will be doing more of those kind of interviews throughout the uh, the summer. We've got some other stuff uh, planned, which uh, yeah, look out for over the next couple of weeks. I, as I mentioned, I'm going to be on the road for the next ten days, so it might be a little while before you hear from us again. But um, yeah, do look out for Bills from Afar. Um, you can get in touch with us if you like. We are Bills from Afar on Twitter or on email. I'm Charlie underscore sport. He is Tim Rose 90. Until next time, go Bills. Go Bills.